it for the Below the Yellow Line studio. It's the Below the Yellow Line podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Below the Yellow Line podcast. I mentioned it this morning, but it has been a flurry of interviews over the past few days, and we are honored to have another very special guest with us today. Uh, Gary, if you would, go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure. Hey, everybody. My name is Gary Camp. I work here at Dover Motor Speedway, or I'm the Vice President of Marketing and Communications. It is very hard to tell what track you work at, judging by all the Miles the Monster right. statues and memorabilia behind oh. you. Look at, all, look at all my toys in full effect in the background. Oh, goodness. Yeah, lots, of, lots of miles back there. I just realized that, uh, yeah, maybe too much miles. There can never be too much miles, in my opinion. I don't know. Some of the drivers might not feel that way when they're sliding off the turn four wall. Um, yeah. But we just know. moved into some new offices, and so I, I'm unpacking it. I don't know what to do with all this stuff. Like, this doesn't fit at home right. <laughs> and in the office, it just looks like maybe too much, so... Next time we talk, I might have a different background. It's always so fun, like for me, whenever I move houses and I kind of get to move in a new studio, and then you know I'm like, oh, it's gonna be great. Let's set up all my stuff, all my pictures, and then you realize, oh, I have a lot more stuff than I actually realize I did. And uh, yeah, it, it, it accumulates for it sure. Really I've been I've been here 19 okay. years. 19 years. The tracks we've been at this for almost 55 years at the track, and so through the process of moving offices, we've unboxed a lot of really cool stuff that um, is going into our archives. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a kind of a cathartic process getting all <laughs> cleaned out and getting organized and uh, getting ready for next year already. Yeah, if there is a one thing that makes me realize, well, it makes me feel old, but it makes me realize how long I've been an NASCAR fan too, every time I unpack stuff and I'm just like, oh gosh, I have so many pictures and way too many diecast cars and hats and shirts and everything. It is just crazy how much yeah. stuff. Um, right, and what really do you do with it all, right? Exactly. Yeah. Might have to fire up the old eBay.com and uh, get selling some stuff, make some extra money because there's a lot of it just collecting dust. Um, yep. But you said it yourself, you've been here 19 years. You have been at this a long time. How did you first get into this line of work? So I worked for a few ad agencies and one of our clients was the hotel and casino, um, formerly known as Dover Downs. It's now called Bally's Dover. Uh, so I used to help those guys out with public relations and marketing. Um, and then another piece of that responsibility was the the motorsports operation. So I was kind of an assistant to the guy who um, had the job that I used to have on the public relations side here at the Speedway. He went on to work for Nextel when they kind of came into the sport. And so it opened the door for me as a fairly young guy to slide into the role of director of public relations at the Speedway. And it's been, uh, been a fun ride. It's evolved. My job you know, has expanded and responsibilities have changed over the years. I'm, um, you know, just wear a bunch of different hats now, but, uh, but it's been a, it's been a fun experience, uh, for sure. Being a part of it all. Yeah. Did, was it really, uh, that, that ad agency part, did, was there a party that really wanted to do something like in racing or was it just kind of your, your knowledge of, of business and marketing and, and communications that kind of helped you get in? Well, like a lot of young folks working in sports is pretty sexy. <laughs> so that was always a, a, a draw, right? I was always fascinated with, the business of the sport for sure. You know, I didn't grow up as a, a motorsports fan per se. I went to a few events here and there, but I was a baseball, basketball guy in high school and um, was kind of focused on stick and ball sort of sports. And then found my found my path um, this way. I was quickly kind of enamored with the perspective that I had 
fortunately as a you know a younger person right out of school was to be inside the oval looking out right so i you know a lot of people and, and maybe people that are listening to us talk know better but a lot of people just think about nascar as the driver it's a car and a driver and the driver is the celebrity and he's the guy that makes it all go but then when you really start to understand the sport and the industry and the circus that moves from town to town every weekend and the opportunities that lend themselves you know we've got a crew here in dover of 35 people give or take and it's all different facets of skills that are required to make this place go it's a business right so we've got a crew that are focused on accounting and finance and and they work in sports too but they're doing what they do and so I quickly understood that there was an opportunity to um, be involved on the marketing and the communications and the public relations and the promotion side of the sport. Um, and I was always kind of interested in that. And then the fact that we were just hosting big old parties where lots of people came out and had fun. And um, I became a fan very quickly. The industry is very welcoming and you start to build relationships and you know the same folks that, you know, there's a lot of people that I've just been dealing with since I started that they were starting at the same time and we still, you know, are sort of uh, still interconnected. Well, it's great to hear. And, you know, going back to what you said about the drive, you know, people think it's just the driver. You know, we always say that with the individual race team, like, yeah, there's a picture and everything too. But with the at-track people, it's not just the officials. It's not just, you know, uh, David Hoots and the people up in the, the NASCAR box yeah. calling the races. It is a whole group of people um, behind yeah. it. And that's what makes it, it so neat. Yeah, it, it, it truly is. I mean, it's... Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, but Dover was always um, not an independent because we owned a bunch of tracks and we were publicly traded. And but we were always sort of on a little island in that we weren't part of the the ISC now now NASCAR or the Speedway SMI now Speedway Motorsports kind of families, right? We were kind of an outlier to that, much like Pocono and maybe Indy and Gateway and some of those are. And so it's been cool to be a part of this this family now of tracks with Speedway Motorsports and to have someone that does my role at all the other racetracks that, that allows us to collaborate more. And it just gives you more perspective on um, different ways to do different things. Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but we were always in our in our heads and very focused on doing the best job we could here at Dover. We didn't really care so much about what was going on at the other venues. But now that we're part of this family, we can get kind of a look behind the curtain and see like, oh, look at look at what Atlanta's doing that's really working. And we can apply that here at Dover. And it, there's just a lot of um, opportunities that being a part of the Speedway Motorsports family has afforded us. That's great. You know, the more the more the merrier, for sure. The next question I, I have for you, and you know, I know you're you're kind of you know, you're busy all the time. You know, I feel like this is a job that never really takes off and you know I see every weekend you know tweets and social media posts going out from tracks where races aren't you know promoting other races and promoting things upcoming but how would you say that your job differs in terms of I guess workload or uh, busyness from a a race weekend you know there's one two race weekends a year to a non-race weekend which is the other you know 50 weeks of the year yeah yeah of course that's always the thing we get right is like that's a full-time job you guys only have that one weekend um and of course, it's kind of, it's the most popular thing we get from like young kids when we talk about what we do for a living. It's hard for them to wrap their head around it, but we don't just open the gates and fans roll in and then we close the gates and then we, you know, do it again next year. It's really a, it's a year long process getting ready. As soon as our last race ended, we're evaluating what went well, uh, what went wrong, what we could do better. And we're already moving forward towards 2024 right now. We're in a big discussion 
discussion, of course, with uh, with the sanctioning body about what our, our date might be for next year. We've been challenged a little bit here in Dover with some weather the last couple races. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I know everyone kind of has a position on the schedule where they'd like to be, but we're having those discussions to see if we can maybe improve our chances of not having a little bit of rain on race weekend. But um, it, like I say, it's, it's a lot of work on a year round basis. It's a pretty small team that hosts, you know, uh, a, a large contingent of NASCAR fans. And we're just always trying to think of things that we could be doing better and improving um, upkeep of a facility, as you can imagine, of our size is a challenge and is a year, a year long endeavor to try to, um, you know, just keep improving the facility and keep creating new experiences for fans when they come back for us at the track level. NASCAR sort of brings the competition piece, right? And they they do that so well, and um, and we don't really worry about that as much. As our, our our facilities team is preparing the surface and making sure that we've got the the boxes checked in terms of safety and and, and what we provide when the sport comes to town. But our focus in my world and, and with my team is the um, is really everything outside of the bowl. So that's the fan experience. It's there's nowhere you can go see a race where you can see a 46 foot tall monster, right? So we hang our we hang our hat on Miles and how different he is. That's a real a big point of differentiation for us is um, the monster and the monster monument. There's a lot of folks that just come and see us. As you might imagine, there's a lot of bucket list fans, right? Where they travel the circuit and they like to visit all the tracks and, and being able to, to take a photo in front of that monster monument with the, with the full-size car in his hand um, is sort of an iconic image um, for race fans. And so we're proud of that. But but all the fun that happens out by the big monster is is, is a focus of ours. So we've got, we think, the, the best fan zone in the sport. We've got an eight-acre piece of land that we always try to activate and make different and fun and engaging for fans when they come to Dover. And we feel like we, we do a great job with that. Live music, um, driver appearances, just all the things that you might come to expect, but we're always trying to think of what's next. Uh, this last race, we had the world's largest moon bounce here. It was a, an absurdly large structure that holds the Guinness Book of World Records for size. And we had that set up for free for fans on race weekend. Um, and we did a lot of promotion around that, but it's always what's the next big thing that we can be doing to innovate and um, create ourselves as a destination for race fans. Well, that's great. And speaking of that moon bounce, I don't know if you saw it or not, but I remember Fox came back from a commercial break during that race, and they showed Bob Pockris uh, yeah. having some fun in it. So it's great to know that you know even kids that are just kids at heart, like Bob, can, can still have some fun. That um, was great, right? I, the giant I, moon I, I'm friends with Bob, and uh, we, we he always has that video queued up on his phone, and anytime he runs into me, he likes to show everybody else what he was doing when he was in Dover, and uh, that poor girl that he took down, I guess her mom was a fan, and she thought it was just the greatest that Bob Pockers was in there, kind of knocking her daughter down. She, was, she wasn't she was hurt, she was fine. She signed the release, the liability <laughs> release, but, uh, but she got a big kick out of that, the girl not so much. Yeah, I think, you know, you talked about all the all the great racy moments that have happened at Dover. I think that the moon bounce clip of Bob Pockris is probably all the promotional <laughs> y'all need for the rest of the time. Just Miles and Bob Pockris. That that's all I would I would agree. Anybody needs. I would agree. Um, Bob Bob this Bob has become quite a, a legend no, of sure. the spirit in his own right. For sure. I mean, he he's a pretty good journalist, but that moon bounce clip is superior. Yeah, um, he's really put himself out there lately. <laughs> 
Aside from Bob Pachris, uh knocking over a child on the moon bounce, what has been your favorite either on-track moment or like, you know, big, like inside accomplishment that you and your team have been able to accomplish? Uh, a couple things, I guess. Um, I've always been really proud of the work that we've done with the autism community. So we've yeah. had um, for many years here a great relationship with Autism Delaware um, and Autism Speaks as a national organization through our friend Artie Kempner with Fox Sports. Uh, and so we've just done some really great things over the years with them, creating kind of a sensory friendly room where um, folks with autism could come and be part of be part of the experience, but have sort of a, um, a special experience that, that makes them comfortable at the race. That was something that was, um, we took a lot of pride in that for many years and continue to offer those sorts of things. And then um, I guess most memorable is I was here as a very young man working at that ad agency for the 9-11 race. So we were the first, we were the first race back after 9-11, after the pause in New Hampshire. And um, it's just such a memorable event with Dale, Dale Jr. Um, pulling off the win, uh, the fans in the stands stomping, uh, chanting, uh, Lee Greenwood sang, Tanya Tucker sang, Cal Ripken was our grand marshal that day. Um, and it was just such a, it was such a, a special moment where the NASCAR community came together to kind of help the entire nation heal after those terrorist attacks. So. That was pretty special and one that, that fans still talk about um, as being kind of their most memorable Dover memory. And then, of course, in recent years, you know, we celebrated our 50th anniversary and had a lot of fun with that, looking back at the past and all the things that we've done here. Um, so we've had lots of good times, that's for sure. Lots of it, it, it's funny how time flies. Right. And some of these race weekends start to all blend together in your head. But then you don't forget um a lot of the, the things you, you always try really hard to slow down a little bit during race weekend and take it all in almost like your wedding day where you're supposed to like take a moment stand in the corner and kind of look out at the crowd we try to do that on race weekend and make sure that we enjoy it a little bit we get a little stress making sure that everything goes well and that we um cross all of our t's and dot all of our i's but we try really hard to, to also appreciate what we do for a living that we are a venue and we host this giant party and we allow people to come here and make memories right so not a lot of uh, jobs afford you that opportunity absolutely it's a really special part of, of what you guys get to do the next question i, I have for you and you know, i know you're you're kind of you know you're busy all the time you know i feel like this is a job that never really takes off and you know i see every weekend you know tweets and social media posts going out from tracks where races aren't you know, promoting other races and promoting things upcoming. But how would you say that your job differs in terms of, I guess, workload or uh, busyness from a, a race weekend, you know, those one, two race weekends a year to a non-race weekend, which is the other, you know, 50 weeks of the year? Yeah. Yeah, of course. That's always the thing we get, right, is like, that's a full-time job. You guys only have that one weekend. Um, and of course, it's kind of it's the most popular thing we get from like young kids when we talk about what we do for a living it's hard for them to wrap their head around it but we don't just open the gates and fans roll in and then we close the gates and then we you know do it again next year it's really a it's a year-long process getting ready as soon as our last race ended we're evaluating what went well uh what went wrong what we could do better and we're already moving forward towards 2024 right now we're in a big discussion of course with uh with the sanctioning body about what our our date might be for next year 
we've been challenged a little bit here in Dover with some weather the last couple races. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I know everyone kind of has a position on the schedule where they'd like to be, but we're having those discussions to see if we can maybe improve our chances of not having a little bit of rain on race weekend. But um, it, like I say, it's, it's a lot of work on a year round basis. It's a pretty small team that hosts, you know, uh, a, a large contingent of NASCAR fans. And we're just always trying to think of things that we could be doing better and improving um, upkeep of a facility, as you can imagine, of our size is a challenge and is a year, a year long endeavor to try to, um, you know, just keep improving the facility and keep creating new experiences for fans when they come back for us at the track level. NASCAR sort of brings the competition piece, right? And they they do that so well, and um, and we don't really worry about that as much. As our, our our facilities team is preparing the surface and making sure that we've got the the boxes checked in terms of safety and 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 what we provide when the sport comes to town. But our focus in my world and, and with my team is the um, is really everything outside of the bowl. So that's the fan experience. It's there's nowhere you can go see a race where you can see a 46 foot tall monster, right? So we hang our we hang our hat on Miles and how different he is. That's a real a big point of differentiation for us is um, the monster and the monster monument. There's a lot of folks that just come and see us. As you might imagine, there's a lot of bucket list fans, right? Where they travel the circuit and they like to visit all the tracks and, and being able to, to take a photo in front of that monster monument with the, with the full-size car in his hand um, is sort of an iconic image um, for race fans. And so we're proud of that. But but all the fun that happens out by the big monster is a, is, is a focus of ours. So we've got, we think, the, the best fan zone in the sport. We've got an eight-acre piece of land that we always try to activate and make different and fun and engaging for fans when they come to Dover. And we feel like we, we do a great job with that. Live music, um, driver appearances, just all the things that you might come to expect, but we're always trying to think of what's next. Uh, this last race, we had the world's largest moon bounce here. It was a, an absurdly large structure that holds the Guinness Book of World Records for size. And we had that set up for free for fans on race weekend. Um, and we did a lot of promotion around that, but it's always what's the next big thing that we can be doing to innovate and um, create ourselves as a destination for race fans. Well, that's great. And speaking of that moon bounce, I don't know if you saw it or not, but I remember Fox came back from a commercial break during that race and they showed Bob Pockris uh, yeah. having some fun in it. So it's great to know that, you know, even kids that are just kids at heart, like Bob, can, can still have some fun. That um, was great, right? I, the giant I, moon I, I'm friends with Bob, and uh, we we he always has that video queued up on his phone. And anytime he runs into me, he likes to show everybody else what he was doing when he was in Dover. And uh, that poor girl that he took down, I guess her mom was a fan, and she thought it was just the greatest that Bob Pockers was in there, kind of knocking her daughter down. She was she wasn't hurt. She was fine. She signed the release, the liability <laughs> release. But uh, but she got a big kick out of that. The girl not so much. Yeah, I think you know. You talked about all the all the great racy moments that have happened at Dover. I think that the moon bounce clip of Bob Pockers is probably all the promotional <laughs> y'all need for the rest of the time. Just Miles and Bob Pockers. That that's all I would I would agree. Anybody needs. I would agree. Um, Bob Bob this Bob has become quite a, a legend no, of sure. the spirit in his own right. For sure. I mean, he he's a pretty good journalist, but that moon bounce clip is superior. Yeah, um, he's really put himself out there lately. <laughs> Aside from Bob Pockris, uh knocking over a child on the moon bounce, what has been your favorite 
either on track moment or like, you know, big, like inside accomplishment that you and your team have been able to accomplish? Uh, a couple things, I guess. Um, I've always been really proud of the work that we've done with the autism community. So we've yeah. had um, for many years here a great relationship with Autism Delaware um, and Autism Speaks as a national organization through our friend Artie Kempner with Fox Sports. Uh, and so we've just done some really great things over the years with them, creating kind of a sensory friendly room where um, folks with autism could come and be part of be part of the experience, but have sort of a, um, a special experience that, that makes them comfortable at the race. And that was something that was, um, we took a lot of pride in that for many years and continue to offer those sorts of things. And then um, I guess most memorable is I was here as a very young man working at that ad agency for the 9-11 race. So we were the first, we were the first race back after 9-11, after the pause in New Hampshire. And um, it's just such a memorable event with Dale, Dale Jr. Um, pulling off the win, uh, the fans in the stands stomping, uh, chanting, uh, Lee Greenwood sang, Tanya Tucker sang, Cal Ripken was our grand marshal that day. Um, and it was just such a, it was such a, a special moment where the NASCAR community came together to kind of help the entire nation heal after those terrorist attacks. So. That was pretty special and one that, that fans still talk about um, as being kind of their most memorable Dover memory. And then, of course, in recent years, you know, we celebrated our 50th anniversary and had a lot of fun with that, looking back at the past and all the things that we've done here. Um, so we've had lots of good times, that's for sure. Lots of it, it, it's funny how time flies. Right. And some of these race weekends start to all blend together in your head. But then you don't forget um a lot of the, the things you, you always try really hard to slow down a little bit during race weekend and take it all in almost like your wedding day where you're supposed to like take a moment, stand in the corner and kind of look out at the crowd. We try to do that on race weekend and make sure that we enjoy it a little bit. We get a little stressed, making sure that everything goes well and that we um, cross all of our T's and dot all of our I's. But we try really hard to, to also appreciate what we do for a living, that we are a venue and we host this giant party and we allow people to come here and make memories right so not a lot of uh, jobs afford you that opportunity absolutely it's a really special part of, of what you guys get to do gonna end